Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than sticking your old boy in a baked good. Yes, it's been 20 years since American Pie. My name's Ash Rose, your host and guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast, and it is good to be back. Yes, Alive and Kick is back for a new series, for the new season, and a slightly new and improved version of Alive and Kicking. We've had a few discussions in the last month between myself, uh, Matthew and Joel, uh, just a few tweaks about and just making Alive and Kicking all the better. We want to make this the best show it can possibly be. We want to make it the best 1990s football podcast out there because there's a few that have cropped up since we started back in 2016, I think it was. Um, but we want to make this the best one. So yeah, there's been a few discussions between the three of us uh, about how where to take the show uh, in the coming months. And I think we've got a plan that we're really happy with. And been, we're kind of going back to the essence of Alive and Kicking, if you would. We've done a lot of look-backs in terms of what's happened this week when we did the This Week in the 90s shows, the 90s Natter we began at the back end of the last series, which kind of worked, but we wanted to be more authoritative on certain subjects and sometimes there wasn't a lot to natter about if we're completely honest and we do want to keep covering old ground so we had a little chat between us all and we're going back to our original format if you would and, and giving you longer episodes more themed episodes um, hopefully more regularly than we were before in terms of when we were doing the themed ones uh, we've got a few planned coming up including uh, some stuff about Diego Maradona we've got in the pipeline uh, fantasy football league some watch-alongs um, some, uh, some, something about some 90s nuggets which I'll explain more nearer the time but yeah we're going to do more theme shows uh, the three of us plus we're going to get more guests on um, I love the boys and I think we're brilliant together as the three of us myself, Matthew, and of course Joe Young, but we, we've all agreed that sometimes having that extra voice on certain subjects that has more authority or more knowledge of certain areas that we're talking about always helps and gives shows a different kind of flavour. So yeah, there'll be new voices on the podcast this season and some old ones coming back, friends of the show, guys like Sid Lambert and Greg Lansdowne, they'll definitely be back as of today's guest as well, who's very much part of the Alive and Kicking family. So yeah, look for a new and improved version of Alive and Kicking for 2018-19, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, that, of course, includes our live show, which I'll get to in just a second. But, um, yeah, so let us know what you think, because you guys are very much part of the Alive and Kicking family as well. We want you to, to want to listen to this show. We're very appreciative of all the comments we get on social media, all the reviews we've got, everything. Yeah, if you want us to talk about something, let us know because we want to incorporate you as much as we can, because you're the reason we're still going. If we want to get the downloads and the listens, we want to give you the best show possible. So that's what we've uh, been planning going forward. That's why we've taken a sort of a longer break than normal, and hopefully you uh, enjoy the new and improved version of Alive and Kicking. But as I said, we also are going live next month as well, less than a month now. Ooh, we should really get kind of planning this show. Don't worry, we are. Um, at the Jumpersford Goalpost Festival, uh, which is on across the 3rd and the 4th of August at Printworks in London, it's a whole weekend of, of football activities going on. There's talks and panels and podcasts and stalls and screenings. We'll be there Sunday uh, early afternoon with our slot is for an hour. We're doing a live show. Um, 
details to follow of what we'll be doing, special guests announced and all that. But there's loads going on, including today's guest, he's there as well. But also Greg, as I mentioned just previously, he's there doing some stuff on some retro stickers, uh, the screening of the charity Shield, obviously charity, not community. Uh, on the event but there's also panels on women's football there's some junior football stuff going on there's stalls to buy retro stuff oh, there's going to be lots and lots of fun football stuff so yeah if you're in London that weekend um, I think it's the first weekend of the championship season anyway so football really does begin that weekend and so yeah check them out on Twitter jumpers for goalposts all the ticket information and lineup is on their website but yeah please join us because we, we do want to get a good crowd for our second live show after we did our one in Golazzo last summer as well so yeah if it goes well we'll really look into doing more live shows of our own going forward as well so yeah jumpers for GoPost go for it check us out and join us on August the 4th on to, to today's show and I am always excited when we do a kit episode yes uh, with all the launches of the new season kits we thought we'd jump on that bandwagon um, it's actually inspired by a question Joel put to us on a previous episode talking 1990 sponsors what sponsor do you think of when you think of a certain team uh, notably in the 1990s so let me throw at you Man United obviously you're going to say Sharp or Arsenal and you're obviously going to say JV, uh, JVC so that's what we're talking about but we're not going to just do those two obvious ones we go through the quintessential top flight of the 90s which is something we did uh, on an earlier show and we talk about which sponsor is most anonymous with that team so yeah those ones might be really but what if I said to you Wimbledon what if I said to you QPR what sponsor from the 1990s comes to mind so yeah we discuss that myself Joel Young Matthew Chris and our special guest the oracle of football kits the man behind True Colours the brilliant books Mr John Devlin joins us it's always great to speak to John he's also going to be part of the Jumpers for Goalpost Festival as well so he's doing a talk another reason to join us for that weekend but you'll be able to hear him right now on today's show as we discuss football kits um, from the 90s plus a little look at the ones that have been released so far this summer and we've got an interview as well which is something we'll be going back to again Alive and Kicking, going back to his roots. A pleasure to speak to former Newcastle and Bolton defender Robbie Elliott joins us on the show as well. Just remember, before we get into the meat of the sandwich of the show, you can follow us on Twitter at AK90s and on Instagram at AK90sPod. And please rate, review, share and subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you use. Give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help us going forward as we go into this new season, this new era of Alive and Kicking. Let's go. Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking. The 90s Football Podcast. Welcome back to kind of the new Alive and Kicking. As I said in my intro, we kind of had a little talk about the show and we're kind of mixing things up here on Alive and Kicking. But one thing I never am going to mix is my lovely people on the show. Uh, my two regulars are with me as per usual. First, he is a social media mogul for many of TV's greatest hits. And he's a big Borough fan, of course. Mr. Joe Young, how you doing? I'm very well, Ash. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. It's good to be back in the 90s world, isn't it? 
Indeed, yeah, I'm knee deep in 2019 at the moment, and it's kind of a bit depressing and <laughs> upsetting. So, uh, yeah, anytime I can take a swim in the past, that's lovely. That's what we do here. And joining us as well, of course, as always, he is a writer for a plethora of outfits. You might have seen his work on The Sportsman this week on different things, Maradona, all, all sorts of different nostalgia pieces, of course. Uh, Matthew Chris, how you doing, Matthew? Always living in the past, Ash, always <laughs> living in the past. That's what we do just, best, sir. That's what we do just best. Just how I like it, yes, yeah. Yes, indeed. And we're not alone tonight as well. Um, as I said in my intro, going forward, we're going to mix it up with a, with a guest every now and then. And the first one that we're going to do in this new section of Alive and Kicking is one of my favourite people. He's the oracle of kits, of football kits, especially whatever era you're talking about. Author of the brilliant True Colour books, Mr John Devlin. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Ash. Thank you. I'm blushing here. You're making me blush. <laughs> it's all, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be on. I have to do a quick plug before we get into anything else. Um, the latest book, your international one, that's doing very well for yourself at the moment, isn't it? Um, and it's out all good bookstores and stuff at the moment. Yeah, it's it's, it's doing really well. It topped, topped a few charts in Amazon and was shortlisted for the Telegraph Sports Book of the Year award this year. Didn't win it, but I lost that to a really good, really good book, beautiful badge. But what an honour to be uh, to be up there as well. So yeah, all, all good at the moment. Thanks, Ash. That's very now very well deserved. Uh, is that thank the, you the badges book? I think I've I haven't actually seen that, but is is it uh, is that a good read as well? Yeah, beautiful badge. It is. As soon as I saw it on the shortlist, I thought oh, I'm not going to win because it's that good. Yeah, <laughs> really recommend it. Okay, well, I really recommend your books. You're they're very thank much you, on myself <laughs> at the moment. Um, so yeah, and obviously, and if John is on, you must have guessed the theme of today's show. Of course, we are talking. Um, football kits in the 90s but with a different twist um, which we'll get to in just a second uh, you may remember a few weeks ago in our previous shows when we were doing the 90s Natter stuff John uh, Joel posed a question about sponsors in the 90s so we've gone a bit knee deep on sponsors in the 90s which we're going to get to and John's going to throw in a few tidbits here and there of us as well as we decide which sponsors really for what teams in the 1990s um, before we get into the, the meat of the show we've also got an interview as well former Newcastle defender Robbie Elliott talks to us about his time on the Toon uh, later on. So a jam-packed show for this kind of new season of Alive and Kicking, I think I'm going to call it. Um, but that's just first... We're in pre-season, surely. Well, yeah, we kind of are in pre-season, but yeah, we're gearing up for this. That's segueing me nicely into a live show. Um, for those of you who don't know, Alive and Kicking is going live on the 4th of August. Uh, we're part of the Jumpers for Goal Hosts Festival at Printworks in London. It's a whole weekend full of football activity. And as we were just chatting pre-show, not only are we doing a live show there, Mr Devlin, you're going to be joining in the festivities over the weekend as well, aren't you? Yeah, I can't wait for it. It's going to be, I think it, it's shaping up to be really, really fantastic. But I'm part there as a Q&A panel for the Admiral documentary, um, Get Shirty, which was on ITV about three years ago, something like that. So the director, Andy Wells, is there as well. It should be brilliant. And there's going to be some Admiral shirts there too. So it'll be all good. And boys, um, we, we're kind of there. We don't really know what we're doing yet, though, do we? <laughs> don't, don't give the game away yet. <laughs> There's some plans. Well, you know, so, some of those, I just know, you know, John was just saying it was there. It's, it's, it's the day after his birthday. It's two days before my Your birthday. birthday yeah. oh. So let's be, uh, it could get quite silly, if nothing else. <laughs> it, it's going to be merry, if anything else. No, we have got some with plans in, in, in motion for what we're going to do. We hopefully have some special guests as well, but it, it's one not to be missed. It's not just us. There's some great talks, there's some great panels, as John said. Um, the Football Shirt Podcast are doing a show after hours i think i think i've looked at the actual time schedule today we're on just after lunchtime i think it's 11 45 to 12 45 on the sunday 
um, is the slot. So if you're in and around London and you like your football, there's loads going on at the festival. So please join. Matthew will be on the pair side of by, I would say, quarter past 11 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, well, Matthew's coming all the way from Liverpool, aren't you? So. Yeah, I'm that professional. I booked my train for 6am on Saturday morning. That's that's how dedicated Saturday I am. Saturday morning, you right? Ill, I mean, yeah. that's a full 24 hours before we... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's all about the preparation. Nothing to do with the fact that the ticket prices were a heck of a lot cheaper, but um, all about the preparation, of course. Yeah, well, we'll be prepared on the night, on the, well, I'll say the night, it's going to be the afternoon, so yeah, uh, we'll be prepared. I think they're showing the Community Shield, sorry, Community, the Charity Shield um, that night as well, so because it's in the afternoon, isn't it, I think, kick-off anyone cares about that as well so you get to see you're worried about missing the game you can see the game at the festival as well jumpers for goalposts check them out twitter you'll see it on our feed as well and um, they've even made some cool kind of panini looking stickers of each of us as well which was quite nice Although, yeah yeah and matthew christ is in my picture somehow yeah, i don't know how, why they did that because they clearly stole our twitter profiles but for you they decided that you look maybe better there's a there's a cameo there. from uh, tony dorigo as well tony dorigo on the yeah, other yeah, side yeah, yeah. yeah. from our last live show so you know that kind of works um before we talk about 90s kits, um, I'm gonna, we're going to call this opening section going forward 90s Natya, uh, which was a title of an ongoing show, but we've kind of crammed it in. So in going forward, if you listen, beautiful listeners out there have any questions or topics you want us to quickly just scan over in this opening section, please do put them on Twitter, at AK90s, and we'll, we'll discuss them. Um, I wanted to just mention um, the, the current kits that come out, and I wonder if any had caught anybody's eye. Let's go to John first. Um, John, any of the new shirts for the new season caught your eye? Have any 90s? Because there's a few of them out there. I've got some 90s twists, haven't oh, there? Yeah, I mean, this this kind of recycling the uh, the past, I'm not sure what kind of lifespan that's going to have, but Umbro have, have, have absolutely sort of They're killing pulled it, out the, pulled out, Oh, definitely. The whole City one is fantastic. It takes the essence of that classic shirt, um, the match winner shirt from, what is it, 91, 92? Yeah. Oh, a little bit earlier, and, and just transforms it into something that's absolutely modern and absolutely crisp. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, no, this, that is very much so. Um, Joel, I thought, that, I thought that Everton was going to get a mention there when yeah, you said... Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, oh, actually. Right? Yeah, well, it's a nice shirt. It's one of my favourites, but it's um, it's inspired by the, the sort of grating on Goodison Park, apparently, which, I mean, I don't know how much you believe the kit gump that comes with these press <laughs> releases, but mm. that's, that's what it's owed down to. But it's a nice-looking kit. Um, your, but the Borough one's got a bit of a retro twist to it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's um, an absolute... Uh, homage to rather than rip off of the uh, 1989-1990 Heritage Hampers kit with the uh, stripes down it but yeah I, I really like them both this year um, the home and the away is really good the, the away is white with a blue and red stripe on it I think um, and the um, home kit is red with a white stripe in the middle but then the stripes fade out as it goes up so it's quite nice and i think it's been from what i've been told it's better made than last year's because last year's just had the sponsor printed on had the stripes printed on so i don't know how far in advance it was done but apparently it's a much better kit better made kit this year so yeah apparently i'm getting both of them for my birthday so oh, there you go well, there you go that's nice mm. and, and sticking with that theme matthew the main eye kit i mean it's annoying that they've done an anniversary which isn't the actual season of the treble but it's again it's a homage to the 1990s isn't it yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit ironic, really, that you know they're celebrating one of the greatest achievements in the club's history, if not the greatest achievement, and it's a, a time when the club's in an absolute mess. But I suppose, uh, I suppose we can always always look back fondly. Um, another kit I you haven't mentioned that I think 
it's really caught my eye was the uh, the Arsenal. Of one. course, I mean, yeah. I'm not, and I think if memory serves me right, I'd say it's more of a nod to the '80s. Arsenal. It's the kind of '89, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it's the sort of yeah, even maybe even a bit earlier that that season they they were what, beat Liverpool in the League Cup final. Or that yeah, of, that's the, right. Paul, Paul Davis, sort of Rowcastle, that kind of era. Um, the, the stripes on the shoulders and the, you know, I mean, I love a throwback kit. I mean, obviously I sort of joked earlier that I live in the past, which actually I probably do, but um, I've always, I've always liked, particularly in American sports, they do things called throwback jerseys. And, you know, some weekends they have where everyone wears a, a, an old jersey or an old uniform, as they call it. And I think it's something we should do more of here. I mean, the clubs would absolutely clean up because if they did it once a season or a couple of times a season, brought back a, a, a throwback or a retro shirt, I mean, people would absolutely lap it up. I know I know Coventry did it, I think, a couple of years ago when they played in the sort of 80, was it the 87 Cup winning yeah shirt they played That's right, in, a, yeah. in a cup tie and I just it just looks great I know they're always reproductions and not obviously the, the actual thing but it's just always great to see sort of modern day footballers wearing those classic kits that to me especially are so sort of recognisable I mean I could recognise a kit from the late 80s early 90s probably more than I could the last 10 years I'm probably not the only one around this <laughs> virtual table well, that they, don't tra- they didn't change as often, did they? As well, I mean, they change no. every season now, which has its merits and has it and doesn't have its merits. To be honest, I mean, I like seeing new kits every season, but at the same time, I think you're right. You miss that that kind of. Or what season was that? You kind of get confused to which season was which because, unless it's your own team, which I'm, you know, being keeping off, and I know which which kit goes which season. And ours this season are beautiful. Well done to dear. What do you think? Have you seen the new QPR kits, John? From a uh, yeah, experts, they, um, what do you reckon? They look they look really good. I mean, I think the QPR kit because they're, they're actually kind of designed in house, aren't they? And then they're made by um, area yeah. sort of to their specifications. But they they always hit the spot. I don't know quite how they do it, but they they always look really really good, and they always go down very well with, with supporters as well. Yeah, we've got a mint green away kit, which has actually split the supporters yeah, who always moan about bring back the red and black Dennis the Menace. But I mean, every single. They, that's right. And of course, you know, in, in the kit world, that's always known as a disruptive kit. The idea being, of course, they disrupt the flow. And in the following season, they're back with the favourite yeah. and it has extra impetus. So it's all part of the plan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's why we tend to drop, we being Middlesbrough, of course, we tend to drop the stripe every year. Which uh, of course. Kind of uh, every other year, which drives me mad because I think we should have the stripe every time as part of our actual shirt image but then they do tend to drop it or do something with it and then have it back in the in the center again the year after so i yeah there's i think there's a lot of truth in that it's a bit of a pantomime really isn't it when you think about it how it how it's all kind of staged but it is it's all it's all a long-term plan but it's uh yeah it's fun to watch but how far in advance a, a kit's designed made because I, I think i remember adidas were doing things for borough like two years in advance or something yeah, it's something like that. Um, of course, with the essence of the way the world is at the moment, it's a lot of team wear. So, for sure. example, uh, QPR. Or um, oh, don't start ash off on team wear. On team wear and templates. Yeah, go on. Sorry, oh dear, Jim. is it? Yeah, but it's you know. You know so quite often there there's not that kind of special care. There's not that um, finesse that goes into it. But if it's if it, if a team's got a, you know a bona fide sponsored deal with a manufacturer, you are looking about a year and a half two years so when i've spoken to kit designers in the past it kind of makes me drool when they tell me they're working on like the world cup in a couple of years time you think oh, i wonder what they're going to be like you know but um yeah there's always a big lead time mm. i always think that if they've got that big lead time why do we end up with nike and especially nike and adidas are proper 
guilty of it, and I'm going to go on my rant now, are doing templates and just giving, like, Fulham and Wolves have got the same kit. It's just a different colour. It's it just... Why why just give them all bespoke kits? It's just so annoying. But I guess that's the way... I mean, and that's something to do with timing or money or... I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it, a lot of the time it's the nature of the deal that the clubs have with the um, the, the the manufacturers. For example, my local side back in Essex, Southend United, they won't have a, a the same kind of Nike deal as mm. um, you know Man United had and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a different kind of setup. And uh, yeah, they all works. They all work in mysterious ways. Yeah, I know. It's fr- I, I, yeah, it frustrates me. That's why I like having era and and and. and, and I mean, Umbro have been doing it as well with a bit of a template, but at least most of their kits are, have been absolutely beautiful so far. Definitely. Let's talk about more beautiful kits then. Um, Joe, I'm going to just throw this to you quickly because this was because your original challenge. This is kind of what our show is about um, today. And we're talking sponsors, which aren't to everyone's taste because I know some people going back a few eras like kits with completely no sponsors on, but we are a podcast in the 90s very much sponsors were part of the deal in that decade and you set out a kind of not a challenge more of a, a quiz a couple of episodes ago didn't you i'll let you explain to the listeners what we're going to be discussing is this the who do, which sponsors do you associate with which club more than any other but we're giving it a 90s twist so with for example qpr can't be guinness because they are in the 80s so this is a 90s twist to that Yes, so every, everybody who you would would think of, obviously, so for Borough, I think most people would probably say Cellnet. Yeah, especially in the it, 90s mm, as well. Yeah, the long-defunct uh, mobile phone company <laughs> who left us to sponsor, uh, changed the name and then left us to sponsor Arsenal, which was lovely, and became O2, and, you know, we were, we were dumped in a ditch somewhere. Um, but I was just thinking of classic kits of that era as well, things like, Sheffield Wednesday right. seemed to pull right. off some. Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's not give anything away. <laughs> all right, we're going to go through team. I've got, I've got Tim's famous list in front of me. The 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 quintessential nineties top flight is in front of me with who I am. All the sponsors of the nineties. So we'll have a quick chat on a lot of them. Borough aren't in them, so I'm glad you mentioned them off the bat because um, they aren't in the actual top twenty of the of the nineties in terms of. The Hold on, are we going to have a fight again here? Yes, they well, were in the thing. No, we I've talked got... about the Premier League one. Oh, yeah, well, this is the nineties, so I've got oh. the but I've, I've got Middlesbrough on my second section. Don't worry. Oh so, yeah. As long as, as, long as Luton, Luton Town are in there, I think no, that's all not, that matters. No, Luton aren't ah. in I'm going to Luton Town on the first game of the season. It's a Friday night, isn't it? It's a Friday night. Yeah, it's Friday night before the festival. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have booked that train a, a day earlier. I could have. I did text you and say we're going. I'm going to Kenilworth Road. You you won't be welcome in Kenilworth Road after your dismissive comments about Luton in the uh, as a top flight team in the nineties. I think well, you weren't in the you, top flight in the nineteen eighties. We, uh, we played our last ever game at Essen Park against Luton Town. I'll have you know. Luton were in the top flight in 91-92. Oh, we're not going to have this so. argument again. For those oh, who we've done this. Yeah, we've done this. So <laughs> we were discussing the definitive 1990s top flight and a listener called Tim, I don't have his surname, literally went to town on the stats and everything and came up with the 20, um, both for the Premier League and for the 90s overall. And Luton weren't in either. So that is the definitive answer. They're not in it. So get over it, Mr. Christ. Right. <laughs> there there we go. That's off me, that's off me soapbox. Right, so what, what I'll do, we'll mention the team and we can just kind of, I mean, some of them are blood, bloody obvious, like this first one will be, but we'll mention who we think the sponsor is most significant in the 1990s. I'm sure John will have a few stories for us and on certain sponsors and stuff. I didn't realise that QPR had the most in the 1990s in terms of the top flight, so there was something. Well, um, managers are sponsors. Sponsors. 
We had, um, the, we had the most monsters. It was different. Slide dig. Sorry, I just couldn't resist. We didn't have that many managers in the nineties, anyway. So you just let that ducks off about. You know, water of a ducks about that was. If I could say the same, <laughs> if I could say the same correctly, right. So that's kick off with the most one of the most obvious ones then, and I'll throw to Matthew being our Red Devil is is, is the obvious answer because they had one sponsor in the nineties. But does a Man United kick look better when it's got Sharp written on the front of it? Yeah, although technically, did they not have two? Didn't they have Sharp and then Sharp UK. Oh, it's the same. Does that count as two? Well, we're going to be we're going to split hairs over the I mean, Sharp Bucam is the black kit, isn't it? And I always think about that West Ham game, the one that you were at. In fact, what time did you walk out of that one, Matthew? No, I didn't. Those were the days when I, I didn't used to leave early then. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was that was before my days. Yeah, no, I, I was I was much more into it then than I am now. Even though I'm, you know, it only cost about ten pound to get in, whereas now it's about hundred quid. But, uh, um, yeah, the sharp UCAM one. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to say sharp because it, it was sharp. It was the only sponsor of the club from sponsor the club from the mid eighties right the way through the nineties. So. Um, the only one, yeah, unless we're going to count Sharp UCAM, but I think we count. I have got a, like, written my it? notes in brackets that you can. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's slightly different. But, um, John, as, as far as synonymous sponsors go, I think Sharp and Man United is probably the best one to start with, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, and don't forget Sharp Digital on that last 99-2000 uh, away kit, the, the navy blue. Oh, with the pin yeah, yeah. Yeah, just some last knockings. What's really interesting, and actually Man United sum it up perfectly, the 90s was the, almost the last hurrah for the classic team sponsor quite a few i'm sure will come up and you'll think that that was the last time that um teams had sponsors that you could identify in a flash it's a really weird thing i don't know what changed in the 90s but something something happened because of course um vodafone took over in 2000 for united mm. i always find like, like now with the sponsors they're all betting companies or sort of that you just yeah. never heard of Whereas, as you say, with these, the instant brands, uh, I mean, one of the famous ones, you mentioned Chef Wednesday at the top of the show, Joel, they had Asda for one game in the League Cup final in 1991, which is ridiculous, but it was such a big brand to have on, on front of... Uh, yeah. But what, of the so did they not have a sponsor that season then? John? <laughs> they didn't. I, let, let me just think. They didn't. I think they had Asda on a couple of games around about that time. But also, and this is going to sound really bizarre, and I'm going off the top of my head now, didn't, weren't they also sponsored by Mr. Tom, which was yeah, that nut... Who I was going to say, that weird yeah. nutty bar. Yeah, the nut bar, which is bizarre, isn't it, when you think about it? But there was definitely something going on there that they couldn't nail down a, um, a definite sponsor. So We, in mm. about 2009, Borough couldn't get a... I think I mentioned this before, but Borough couldn't get a shirt sponsor for the full season, so it changed every month, and it's oh, always right. like yeah. local businesses and things. You know, I remember I think there was a JJB engineering or something like that, but it was like a different local business sort of every month, which was very peculiar until Ramsden's came in. I think at the end of maybe twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think tying up Chef Wednesday quickly. There, Sanderson is the one we all remember. Though surely that's kind of they kind of dominated the. the what did Sanderson do, Ash? Are they electronics? They were, yeah. Software. Well done. Software, yeah. Okay. There's a couple on here I don't know that I'm going to need to Google further on into the show. But yeah, I thought I knew that one. And of course, I won't spoil the surprise, but of course, Sanderson also, it was the 90s was the time when you'd see the same sponsor on different teams. So they'll crop up later, I'm sure. They will. They will definitely. We'll we'll definitely get to them. Um, Sticking with the the, the big names at the top of this uh, list that I've got... um, Arsenal had two in the 90s, but I think easily, and I think every Arsenal fan would love to see it on the current kit, given they've got Adidas, as we already mentioned. 
JVC, of course, was the, the big sponsor for Arsenal throughout the 90s until 1999 when they moved to Sega and, uh, and Dreamcast. Yep, Dreamcast. Remember that, kids? It was a, it was a console <laughs> that nobody ever remembers. But um, It did have Crazy Taxi on there. Very, very good version of Crazy Taxi on did. there. So, you know, that's part of it. I don't think I ever played on a Dreamcast. I had a Sega Saturn at one point, but I don't think I ever played on an actual Dreamcast, which says a lot about how good that... Um, Console you did post been. a great picture the other day. Was it Tony Adams and Patrick Vieira playing on a Dreamcast? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my new, our new thing. Well, I say my, but everyone is allowed on the Twitter feed when I give you the password that I can remember. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, do, I was doing a Friday thread of kit launches in the 1990s because they were done a di- very different way in the 1990s, um, as we found out with a few pictures. But that, that was one of them. There was a great Liverpool one dressed as the Beatles. Um, some, yeah, some oh, of, yes, some, yeah. Some glamour girls involved, Sam Fox and Kathy Lloyd, very much names of, of that era. Um, but yeah, Arsenal. So I think it's easy to say that um, JVC were pretty much the go to. Um, sponsor for Arsenal in the 90s. We mentioned their home kit, new home kit. Um, John, have you seen the leaks for the new Arsenal away kit, which is uh, meant to be a homage to, the, of course, the bruised banana kit, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think people that have never even heard of football could have predicted that that's what yeah. was going to happen this year. So it's, it's um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting, won't it? It's gonna, if, if it is that, I'm sure it will be, they'll, it'll sell in its bucket, it's though, it really will. Yeah, it'll be one of the best kits of the season, for sure. Um, sticking with John, because we uh, haven't yeah. mentioned already, you're a Liverpool fan by trade i was gonna say yeah kind of big club they're they're my big club if you know what i mean so i mean i'm no joel you originally put colesberg for their which is the you know proportion of their 90s but i don't know candy is such a staple hold where do you stand john what would you say oh i think candy was one season two seasons at the beginning so carlsberg all, all the way um and it kind of it coincides with Liverpool's fairly fallow period, doesn't it? So <laughs> it's kind of it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. Isn't it? Pardon the pun. More you know, waste than one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's, it's a definite ninety sponsor, Carlsberg, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can I just back that up, John, by saying that there are still plenty of Evertonians in this city that won't drink Carlsberg based, <laughs> on, the, based on the fact that um, yeah they they associate it with Liverpool. I mean, I'm not sure they even have anything to do with. Liverpool anymore. I'm not sure if they still sell it in the in the lounges or in the stadium. I think I remember got... going to Anfield once so and you... they ran out of Carlsberg when we, and they were sponsoring them at the time. I was very upset about that. Yeah. It probably <laughs> it was your it probably your fault they ran out of Carlsberg. Probably, eh? oh, oh, probably oh, oh, oh. use the word probably probably best in the world. See, see what you did there. Ah. Oh, I see. Very good. Yeah, probably some of the best kits of the nineties. I think didn't wasn't there a point where I think it's the some countries in Europe where you can't have alcohol yeah. advertising on your shirt because I seem did Liverpool in one of the UEFA Cup runs have probably written on their shirts instead they of Carlsberg. Yeah, when was that, John? Off the top of your head? Can oh, you... crikey! It was it was the first Reebok kit, I'm sure. So it'd be what ninety five, ninety six, something like that. And it looked it looked dreadful. It had, it had probably dot dot dot. You know, as if to you know, hint, hint towards their advertising slogan. But uh, yeah, very creative ways to get around the old alcohol ban in those days. Yeah, because it's still things like that, isn't it? And there's, and there's things where you can't have kids' kits with um, betting, yeah. with betting on, and you can't. Yeah. Have kids kids with alcohol on so it is kind of quite a interesting thing i'm looking at it now it is the reebok kit well done 97 98 oh was it a bit later oh okay there you go Pro- probably dot 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 yeah there yeah you go. <laughs> um, that's why he's the oracle of kit design there you go <laughs> no it's very good very good um 
another good looking kit of the 90s and I think this is another easy one for us uh, Newcastle United um, oh. it doesn't look Newcastle kit doesn't look right without a Newcastle brand our logo on it does it let's be honest I think it's they, they dabbled with McEwen's Largo didn't they for a little bit at that yeah. first period and then they went back with that classic Adidas kit your the front, kit. Isn't one of your favourite kits oh it is and, and what I loved about it was that the home kit had the front of the bottle and the away kit sponsor logo was the back of the bottle so it was like they really thought about how to roll out the um, the brand, as it were. I've got to, obviously, I'm not a Geordie fan, but um, that away kit was lovely. And again, oh. it was a, it was a throwback to was it Newcastle West End's kit from about nineteen, from about eighteen eighty nine. Yeah, or the Claret and Navy hoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which they, yeah they were really good. good. I think they formed with Newcastle to make Newcastle United way way back in the day. But those lovely. That, I mean, you know, I can't really give the Geordies credit for much, but that is a lovely, lovely yeah. shirt. Well, they, they did. They had a remake last year, didn't they? I didn't really. I didn't. I didn't wear it too much actually. But they, Puma did do sort of a, a hark back last season to it, but without the granddad collar, which is what we all loved about it as well. You need the granddad exactly. Collar on it, so. Yeah, and Newcastle course, suffered from that foreign. Uh, is it Norwegian? European thing. They they played a game in Europe out there and had centre parks on their logo on their sponsor instead of Newcastle Brownell. So they, same thing as Liverpool, yeah. How That's random, really man. peculiar yeah, that they would go box. from that, or, or just not write new key, or... So yeah, just yeah, you would, yeah, you would have thought... I yeah, because they could have... Sorry, I was going to say, in the, in the, a lot of, the mid-80s, they often just had the blue star, didn't they? Without That's right. Uh, I'm just thinking they could have just dropped the sort of uh, word Newcastle Brown and just had the iconic blue star, because everyone would have known exactly what it was. I so, wonder so. if that blue star became bluer the colder the Newcastle United, <laughs> United got. There's a booze jog, you see. When you, yeah. put your, yeah. when you put your bottle of Newcastle Brown in the fridge, and the blue star gets bluer the colder it gets. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, let's move on. Uh, Leeds United had quite a few sponsors in the 1990s, actually, and I, I think, Joe, and your original post on our WhatsApp feed, you put Top Man, didn't you, as your kind of go-to to for Leeds United, but I mean, there's there's a bit of a choice here, I personally... We could go Admiral, of course, with yeah. John here. Well, I think, I think of the, the kit they won the league in, which is the Evening Post kit, which is the one I always kind of... Sorry, I'll be mentioning that season again, Matthew, but that's the one that kind of sticks to me. But then you've got Fissile Hotels, which has some great kits and it, the, the old, again, big collared one or, or Packard Bell. So, I mean, I go Evening Post, Joel's gone top man. Matthew, where would you go for Leeds? I'd probably, uh, maybe it's just because you've put it in my mind, but I'm thinking top man. Definitely top man or Evening Post, but yeah, top man, I'd say. Top man was the one they won the league in, wasn't it? In the, no, they won the, the old first division in the Evening Post one, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's the same the same kit, and they uh, switched sponsor for that one la- that last season. So, Yorkshire Evening Post picked one season to sponsor them, and it was that season. So their timing was impeccable. Perfect. And, and now they're going to be etched in history. Yeah, they're ever going to be associated with the good times of Leeds United. Exactly. And you get those horrible remake kits without the, the kit supplier, and that's what they'll get the uh, the Evening Post kit from 1991. So yeah, they also had Packard Bell, of course, in the in the later 90s, which had some. Um, nice red and um, not red, uh, blue and yellow combinations, if I remember rightly, as well. Mm-hmm. I've just seen Leeds' new kit launched. Actually, it's got silver on it, which is very strange for the for the new season. Um, moving on to Blackburn uh, again. We mentioned this earlier, John. Don't McEwen's Lager. Then sponsor Newcastle, but I think everyone will remember them, especially for '95, um, for this Blackburn Rovers kit, won't they? Oh, definitely. And, and again, we're looking at another team that's sharing a sponsor with yeah. another side. And it's weird, isn't it? Because you think, well. 
who does the sponsor cheer for? You know, you've got to have one team, I would have thought. But yeah, but yeah, New um, Blackburn McEwen's all the way. CIS Insurance Company followed them later, but it was a you know it meant nothing after after McEwen's. McEwen's is quite a funny one because I think they sponsored Rangers yeah, as well. The like old that's going. Oh, they, they did. Newcastle United, as we said. I mean, I think there's something quintessentially 90s about an, an ASICS kit with a McEwen's logo <laughs> sponsor with both Blackburn and Newcastle. But also, uh, I think there was a couple of rugby teams, maybe Castleford or somebody, and I think Notts County as well at some point. I don't know why that's in yeah, my head. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They did. Yeah, good one. Yeah, so Definitely. they had sort of quite a lot going on, sort of fingers in lots of pies, really, there. Whatever. It, it's funny you mention that. I was in a pub. Uh, we were, uh, Friday before last in a sort of an old school well you suppose you call it a biker's pub and it had McEwen's lager on tap for one ninety nine. funnily enough and um, I was thinking you don't... Uh, well yeah I mean obviously they're flogging it off cheap but I actually had a pint and it was fine but you don't you know it, I just whatever happened to them they were one of the biggest sort of lager producers in the 90s and now you find them selling their wares for less than £2 in a biker's pub for you know they're probably, they're probably still them Original barrels from the nineties are probably flogging <laughs> off. I think yeah, yeah, funny you should say. I did have a funny, <laughs> did have a funny taste to it actually. Yeah. How are you in the next it. morning? <laughs> yeah, well, pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just a weekend in Matty Chris's house. Like, let's be honest, when the pear cider yeah. starts flowing. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, so McEwen's, I mean, you mentioned Notts County then, they also had Home Bitter, Harp and SAPA in the 90s as well, so they very much were the alcohol team of the 90s, Notts yeah. County. Well, I bet they're drinking now, bless them. Oh, bless them. Um, Aston Villa's an interesting one, um, we're moving on to the next team on my list, because they had a few sponsors in the 1990s, and I couldn't, I still, looking at them, can't really sort of nail down which one I would say is quintessentially 90s for Aston Villa. So they had Mitre Copiers in the early 90s, then Muller, which we'll remember in the, the cup final which they won, Ast Computers, which I don't know, are still going, and LDV Vans. So, um, Joe, who did you have on your list? I think I said Muller Rice, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just really remember when you know, let's, as you said there, when they were in the cup final and uh, they beat Leeds in the 3-1, 3-0 yeah, or something in the was, yeah. cup final. Uh, I think they were wearing that kit then. Please don't shoot me if I'm wrong, Villa. But that would be the one I always just think about seeing Ugo Ekiog when he first properly started at Villa in that in that kit, just being the wonderful defender that he was. That surprises, that surprises me because, I mean, our favourite, the kit that we often mention a lot on the show is the... Uh, sort of 92, 3, oh, Dalian Atkinson, yeah. Dean mm. Saunders kit, and that would have been Mitre, wouldn't it? Yeah, Mitre Copiers, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it was, so yeah. I would have thought that would have been the, the one that rung a bell more than that one. But well, I was kind of, I was between the two, if be mainly because of that kit and the, you know, Dean Saunders and Dalian Atkinson and that goal, that goal of the season against Mubudan with the Did that have a lace-up collar as well? Oh, like? it did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful kit, beautiful kit that was. So kind of, and then I mean, you think later on LDV vans. I'm thinking of like the Dion Dublin, John Gregory era. So I mean, there's a there's a case for it. Julian Joachim as well. Julian, he was there. Yeah, good old Julian Joachim. He's, he's meant to be coming on the show actually. He's trying to plug some new school he's got going on, but we'll get him on soon. I'm sure he won't be at the live show. I tell you that. Um, so that's well, we're kind of split then between Aston Villa. So yeah, we'll do a few more and then we'll go to our interview because we'll split these to, top twenty in half. Um, moving on then to Chelsea. Um, I know you had a, you had Amiga, didn't you, Joe, on your list um, for Chelsea as their sort of go-to sponsor? But they had a few um, Commodore. Well, that or cause I would have said in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, well, I mean Commodore and Amiga were kind of the same thing. Yeah, same. Yeah, so. They were kind of combined. They had calls and then auto glass. And um, John, going to you, what do you, where do you, where do you stand on this one? 
Yeah, always autoglass for me. That's what oh, I always okay. associate. I think it's that yellow, and you know, that really lovely yellow and uh, royal blue and sky blue away kit. Yes. Kind of ties in from that that era. And that really, I'm going I'm to use the word dodgy, that 97, okay. 99 one where the blue changed colour a little bit and it has Shiny white flashes on. Yeah. yeah, something changed there. But yeah, autoglass for me. But of course, you know, with Commodore, I, I kind of edged that as more of an 80s sponsor for, for Chelsea. Yeah. I think it was on the cusp. I think it was that it was, sort of 89, yeah. 90, the sort of Tony DiRigo, Andy Townsend era when they were, you know, sort of just coming out of the 80s where they'd been down in the lower divisions and then came back up. So it was well before, the, right. it, well before the era that we sort of all think of Chelsea, that first sort of revolution, you know, with the, uh, you know, the, yeah, and the, the foreign imports, really, you know, um, Zola and the Buff and when when Chelsea sort of really caught everyone's imagination in that in the mid mid nineties, I'd say. So I think that's why it rings a bell. Um, mm. I, but yeah, I can picture the Commodore one. Obviously, that's sort of the another classic early nineties with the the, the pop stud collar yeah. you know, that we often we saw on a, many kits at the time. The, the England kit of the nineties. Everton had those one as well. Why did those poppy ones go over there like a joking risk probably. to children or something? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Well, this, that's why the, lace, the laces are a safety, health and safety thing, aren't they? They don't do laces on the kit because they'll be pulled as well and stuff, which is such a shame. Cause that's always, right. Always look and that, peri- that period of Umbro stuff as well always had that really lovely asymmetrical flashes on the sleeve. Do you remember? And they'd have mm. it just on, on one sleeve, which is yeah. which is really daring for the time, you know. Mm. Talking of Umbro, John, I've got a bone to pick with you, actually. Mm. Um, when you did, you, you did your Instagram celebrating the uh, 90s oh, yeah. of Umbro, which one did you make a glaring omission of? Oh, it's going to be a QPR. Oh, no. I did, didn't I? No, it's the no? Uh, it's the Cowardly Lion kit. Oh, <laughs> Cowardly Lion. Yeah, it's trademark, that is. Yeah, um, yeah I've got a couple of England ones in there. But that one, that's your favourite, Ash, oh, isn't I it, as it, well? I love it. I was waiting for it, I thought, you, I thought you could say that at the uh, QPR half and half from the 70s. Yeah, that's I forgot about the yeah, one. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Classic Umbro kits. A um, couple more then we'll do, and then uh, we'll go to the interview, as I said. Um, a couple of easy ones, actually. Um, firstly, Tottenham. I mean, is there, uh, again, like May United and Sharp and Arsenal and JVC, Holston is, is Tottenham. Tottenham should forever be sponsored by Holston in my book. Um, I'm sure you boys agree. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So did they have a replacement then when they... Uh went abroad did they just have nothing on the kit or did they have i don't remember the picture of dennis leary or yeah. something i don't remember, I don't, them, I don't, remember I don't. them having nothing actually in europe because they were they would have been in the cup winners cup in 92 um yeah but i don't yeah they were they, they went back into it pretty early didn't they after english clubs because yeah, it was the cup winners cup yeah. yeah it's particularly different countries so maybe they didn't play someone who where the alcohol ban was I have a feeling, yeah, it was it was Scandinavian countries. Was it Norway and someone else, and possibly France? I think Norway they were the ones. France, that... I'm seeing, yeah, yeah. Fra- France, yeah. yeah, France were very hot because I remember the. Um, I'm not a big motor racing fan at all. But I remember the French Grand Prix in the sort of 90, mid late nineties. They used to have to strip off all the cigarette and alcohol advertising, oh, and yeah. um, and, you know, and the cars again would sort of come up with creative ways of sort of. You know, because we all knew what cigarette brands were in that era because of all the great advertising they had been from sort of the 60s onwards, you know, the iconic sort of branding. So they basically just took all the logos off but kept all the, the branding on there. So you had the, the sort of Marlboro red and white for McLaren but, and everyone knew that it was um, Marlboro but they just took the wording off. So, you know, it sort of it did the job. They still did the job, really. So um, mm. I think France was definitely one of those countries that would have been would have been hot on it. So um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember who Tottenham played in that. 
I'm, I'm trying that to look now. Yeah. Um, I, can I can remember the back in Europe because they obviously had Lineker and Gordon Jury and. You I've know, got that, a picture of them playing Fire Lord, and they've got the oh, and one of my favourite kits actually with the big spurs across the top of it, that blue kit, and they've got Holston. Oh, lovely! Yeah, yeah. so it, it must have, they may not have not played somebody in that um, in one of those countries during that cut run, which is why you see Holston on their European run. Cause, uh, so, of course, at the peak peak of the nineties for Spurs, they had uh, Holston win, didn't they? And they had Hewlett. Was it Hewlett Packard? I think came in. And then Holston came back again, which was like the biggest buzz-free kit fan that, you know, the sponsor returned. It was unheard of. I think he should return again. Yeah, they went yeah. in 1995 and came back in yeah. 1999. Another lager that seems to have disappeared, but again, I can, I can think of a pub not far from me that sells bottles of Holston. So I'm thinking I might this weekend go on a sort of a 90s beer sponsor's <laughs> Kit sponsors pub crawl. I'm going to go and have a drink in Hooch. He'll be yeah, on the Thunderbirds. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't sponsor anyone, though, did they? But I'm thinking I could go and have a pint of McEwen's in the uh, swap. Six days. You can have. Yeah, one. yeah. All, all beers. I could probably go and have a pint. This of. sounds this, like this the Christmas. Be... This Christmas treat we should do this year. This should, this should be our Christmas do. I think that's yeah. we should organise it. That's that, that's the plan. Because there's a pub. There's another pub not far from me that does bottles of Holston pills for a pound. So I mean, you could basically go and have oh, a pint, pint of McEwen. Pint of McEwen to one ninety nine. There's a nod to obviously Blackburn and Newcastle, and then you could go and have a bottle of Holston pills as a tribute to Tottenham. I think this is a. I think it's this is a go. You just want to do a boozy football tour of the United Kingdom. Is that what you're telling? Yeah. Me? Well, it doesn't even have to be the United Kingdom. I can do it within about five hundred yards of my house. So we're, we're all the road trips. Now I've finally house. understood why you moved <laughs> <laughs> for the nineties delight lager delights. Right before I'm we just go, looking at this Tottenham kit, by the way. Yeah, there's a Tottenham away kit, and I'm going out of our jurisdiction. But 2006, 2007, Tottenham third kit is brown and yellow. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, it's my a kit, I think I wiped that from mm. my memory. Yeah, it's Puma. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 two, the mid two thousands aren't a great time for kit design, really, are they, John? So no, and Tottenham suffered more than most, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a move on. We're going to finish off this half. We're talking about another team who is synonymous with pretty much one sponsor for the whole. Um, Matthew, your old rivals, Man City. It's, it goes without saying, doesn't it? Uh, brother. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, they, it's just, they... all it does is conjure up those classic pictures. Of Liam and Noel in the home kits and the yeah. away kits, that purple one with the yellow stripes that City mm. more is a third kit, I think. Yeah. Um, and just that's that's what sums up that. I I even had two Manchester City kits in there. I was going to say, what, didn't an old picture of you surface once wearing that very same kit? Oh, looking I really. The, I had the white Kappa one, the white Kappa away one with the purple stripe and the blue at the yeah. top. That was the one I had. Yeah. But but brother. They were with City for years because I think they were one of their probably their first one of their first sponsors. I think they had um, Saab first. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're at the beginning of the eighties or the mid eighties. But brother and were there from brother all the way. And what did brother do? Did they make sewing they, machines? They made sewing and knitting typewriters yeah. and typewriters. And yeah, yeah, office yeah. equipment. What I remember more. But again, City, another club who um, you know the nineties was that last last goodbye to their familiar sponsor. Yeah, because they they ended the decade just squeezing in with Edios. Well, you obviously make you used to make the football manager go on championship. Manager. And the oh, mid Tomb Raider as well. Yeah. So didn't they do a kit launch with a 
Lara, Lara Croft yeah, lookalike yeah. thing one time yeah. when Eddie was sponsoring them. I thought that was late into the 2000s. I didn't make our Friday thread last week, but yeah, they definitely did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember those early Man City kits from the early 90s, the proper maroon ones that I used Lovely, to Lovely, yeah. yeah. But I can't help I can't help but think, though, as you mentioned those Oasis pictures, that that, that to me, that if there's any picture that sums up the 90s, it's got to be that, it's got to be that, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I saw a tweet today, actually, from somebody, I can't remember who it was, I think it was an ESPN journalist who said that he had an intern in today who asked the question, what is Britpop? <laughs> <laughs> How to make oh you feel God. old, didn't you? How to definitely, yeah, <laughs> oh, no. exactly. I'm um, just looking now at pictures of Liam and Noel outside Main Road. There's kids playing graffiti outside. Liam's wearing the white kit with the purple stripes. Oh, and Noel's, wearing the, yeah. Noel's wearing the, um, the home kit with the round neck. It's just like they are really, really, really splendid kits, and obviously they yeah. played at Main Road and came out in, I think it was the Umbro kits in like '96 or '97 yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that that is just sums up that whole era that they were wearing those kits and those kits were ace. And even as a sort of neutral, you would still go and get those kits. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Is, is that why you did? I mean, can I ask why you had? Because I was an Oasis fan, yeah, and because my cousin was from Oasis. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so it was yeah. double. It was so that the real reason was it was because I liked Oasis, but the bullshit reason I would give to people <laughs> when they asked me, Are "You only got that because of Oasis?" Oh no, my cousin plays from. So yeah, I mean, it was obvious nonsense. Uh, it was just because, and I liked the kits. I, they were very cool kits. Those Kappa mm-hmm. ones that they made in sort of '97 or whatever it was, '98. Um, thought they were really, 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 really cool shirts. So yeah, it took me ages to find that Oasis shirt as well. I think we. We went round Middlesbrough, couldn't get one. Went round Sunderland, and and ended up going to Newcastle, and finally getting one. And I, yeah, I was very pleased with that. Have you still got it, Joe? No, I haven't still got it. Shamefully, no. sorry. Be good to bring to the live show. I was going to have our desk decorated. Oh, mate, mate stuff, you don't so. even you don't even want to know what I'm going to wear for the live oh, show. God. All right, well, moving on. Let's take a break. Put there. it this way. Put it this way. If we have a quiz, I won't win in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, leave that to your imagination. Uh, let's take a break there and we took to our interview. We haven't had one of these for a while, but it was my pleasure to speak to uh, a footballer face from the 1990s a couple of weeks ago. Um, former Newcastle uh, defender, went on to play for Bolton later in the decade as well. Part of that Kevin Keegan era Newcastle team that almost won the league. Here's me speaking to Robbie Elliott earlier on this week on Alive and Kicking. Hey, this is Alexi Lawless and you're listening to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Remember... Keep it 90s. Joining us then on the line, all the way from the US of A, it's former Newcastle uh, fullback Robbie Elliott. Welcome to the show, Robbie. Yeah, thank you very much for the invite. No, thank you for coming on. Let's take you back to to the 90s. It's uh, a decade you're obviously well known for uh, at your playing for Newcastle and it's literally started for you in those early days of the 90s what do you remember coming through that system and making your debut under Ozzy Ardelis I believe it was yeah I actually it was Jim Smith so that might have even been before the 90s yeah, so it's, yeah. yeah it, it was a, a really interesting time I think absolutely spoiled being a, a Geordie and a, a local lad playing for Newcastle but also playing in the team of friends so there was like six or seven of us from the youth team who who made the break and did the first team around the same time so it was a bizarre time when you look back at it because it, it you thought it was normal but looking back it was, it was such a special time 
What's it like for a sort of local lad to, to pull on that shirt? I mean, we, we all dream of it. What was it like for you to pull on that Newcastle shirt for, for the first time? Yeah, it's really hard to explain because because it happened to me. That's, that was the norm. But I can only speak that when you walk out every time, even as a youth player with the shirt on or, or the reserve games, but especially the first team games, the, the hairs on the back of your neck would, would stand up and you walk up the tunnel and just heard the roar. It, it, it really is something that, I mean, I, I will remember to my dying day that the feeling of walking out there. Mm. You, you obviously came through the youth team when it was all the, the YTS and everything like that, which we, we don't see. I mean, do you think that sort of grounding helps? And was something we don't actually see anymore, but did you do chores and clean boots and things like that? Oh, massively. I, I think that was a huge bringing up for the for the players. I mean, I look at the ones in my area, the Steve Watsons, Alan Thompsons, Lee Clark, Steve Howie. We would be in control of players' boots, mopping the floor. You'd, you'd be integrated into the into the club and the, the first team players would know you by name that you'd have conversations with them and, and nowadays in separate buildings and when the kids go and train with the first team it's a it's a whole different experience whereas we would be on the pitch beside them and if a player got injured one of us would get called over and and you really felt part of the first team whereas now it's it's a completely separate thing. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. Um, I mentioned Ozzy the RD list before. There, he what was he like to play under? Obviously, very a maverick manager, someone who didn't quite work out for Newcastle. What are your memories of Ozzy? Oh, I mean, I've got so much to thank Ozzy for, and until seeing when I go back to the UK at Spurs, he um, he gave us all the the real chance. He um, he obviously we were safe in the league, and he had a few of the older players. I mean, I say older. It, they seemed very old at the time, but looking back, they weren't. And he came to watch the youth team every Saturday and liked what he saw and put five or six of us in. And he was just incredible to play for. As a fullback, it was just go play. My centre-backs are the ones there to defend and stop the goals. You just you just go and get forward and, and do what you do for the youth team. So he made it so easy making that transition, which was obviously a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. He was replaced by, of course, Kevin Keegan. I mean, what do you remember at the time of the, the horror of him coming in, and then what happened in the like the the years afterwards, obviously with the promotion? What was that sort of early days of Kevin Keegan like? Yeah, so unfortunately at that point I had a I had a bad injury, but the the one thing that I was able to was then travel with the fans and watch the games. So I was I was on the away bus, the the away trains, the the games and. That's when you really understand what it means to the people. Obviously, being a, a local lad, I knew that. But I think it's—I heard they did it the other year where they took the reserves to an away game and made them stand in with the away fans. And that for me is fantastic because you actually you really get an understanding of what it meant. And that season, the promotion season was as people still talk about now as the best mm. days of their lives, which is really crazy. But Kevin really came in, galvanised. He was super smart in his signings and be able to hang around with like the Kevin Sheedies of this world and then learn off them was was huge for a lot of us in the in the dressing room. So that certainly helped and then they just seemed to get it right. He knew what he needed to get out of the league and then replaced and bought some incredible players, the the calls, the Scott Sellers and the Barry Venisons. It it really drove the dressing room and drove us to where we got in the end. Mm-hmm. 
and that was obviously the mid-90s battle we all remember, the entertainers. I mean, what was that like to play under that season? We all remember the 12-point lead. I mean, for you, what happened that season, both in the lead-up and then kind of the second half of the season when May United kind of clawed back that lead? Yeah, I mean, that people, it's crazy. People still talk about it like it was yesterday and it's the best time of their lives. And on Twitter, you see it all the time. It's We want those days back and I can't see that ever happening because the way the, the people that Kevin got to come to the team, it wouldn't happen now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ginola, Ferdinand, the Beardsley, they, they wouldn't be at Newcastle now. They'd be the, the, the big teams across Europe. Yeah. So we were spoiled. And I remember, I always tell the story about we're on, a, on the team bus, me, Steve Howie, Rob Lane, John Beresford, we used to sit in the four on the bus and Rob and Bez would say, lads, this isn't normal. This, what you have now is, is special. And me and Steve Howie were like, oh, this is your castle, this is, this is what it is. And then looking back now, they were right. Those days, you, you were just excited to get to training and you wanted to spend as much time as you could with the players. We, we became friends, and I know it's a cliche, but I think when you when you are friends with your teammates, you go that little bit extra. Mm-hmm. There was respect across the whole dressing room. Um, and yeah, it, it was a travesty what happened in the end because we were so close, and God only knows what would have happened if we had won the league and where it would have taken us to. But we... Unfortunately, it, it slipped away right at the death. But yeah, I wouldn't can't say I didn't enjoy that year. Still, it was it was mind blown how good it was. Mm, and we all remember obviously Kevin Keegan's you know a big rant at the end of a, a live game. What was the reaction from the players after that? Was it something that you were all feeling as well, or could you believe what you'd seen that Kevin had done? No, we were sat in the bus when it happened, and then I think it was the times when Sky would be on the bus but cut in and out and when we saw it I think it was a surprise because Kevin would always take the pressure off the lads in the dressing yeah. room and, and to see that it was like well this is it's the first time you really saw it in the flesh like outside the outside the dressing room so it was a big thing and obviously the lads mocked it and, and laughed at it but it, it just he was speaking for the whole team because we were so desperate at that point to, to keep pushing on and win it mm. You left Newcastle for Bolton towards the end of the decade. How hard was it for you to leave St James's, and and how did you enjoy? I know you had a lot of injury troubles at Bolton. How much did you enjoy your time there as well? Yeah, it was a, it was obviously really sad leaving Newcastle. But if I had my time again, I would have taken a little bit more time over it. I just got swept away and and joined Bolton in a blink of an eye. It was the the PLC were involved in that deal they, they saw that myself and Lee Clark being two local lads not costing anything they got five million for us they told Les Ferdinand that summer saying he was too old it was good money for him so I know people give Kenny a lot of stick but a lot of those deals were not his deals mm-hmm. um, and I joined Bolton and yeah I had a, a triple leg break in the first home game missed 14 months so Within that year, we got relegated, but I have to say the next three years were we really were incredible. We lost lost in the playoff final the first year, or the second year. The third year was lost in the semi final, the FA Cup, Worthington Cup, and the playoff semi final. And then the f- third year we won the playoff final to get promoted. So it was very interesting three years, four years. But yeah, 
Mm. I had a lot of fun there as well. Definitely. And finally, we always ask uh, players of the year of, of this question is, who's the best player you played with and the best you played against of, of, the, of the 90s? I think with was probably Ginola. Mm. I mean, for the first six months anyway, he was something we'd never seen in a in the Newcastle shirt. The way he carried himself the on and off the field, it was something... He was he was special. He really was. And that first six months, I've seen nothing like it. And against, geez, I mean, I could even be as shallow and say like the likes of Roblin, Peter Beasley in training, because yeah. I think that's also why why we were so good was because training was always as hard as a lot of the games we had, and Kevin would make it like that. There was always an intensity of of a match day within training. And that's why I think we we pushed each other every day to be better. It's, it was really was a special time looking back at how how training was and and how much people would enjoy it. And unfortunately, the, there's times now when you go and watch training, and, and I still am fortunate to, to go into other teams, and it has a different feel to it. So I think we really did have a special time at Newcastle at that at that moment. Definitely. And then what are you up to these days? You're in the States. Uh, what, what, what are, you, are you doing coaching or anything? No. So I, I joined a, a company in, in Santa Monica, LA, Vejo, uh, a nutrition technology company. And I'm working with a lot of teams and athletes across all sports. Um, a lot of fun at the minute. We have a facility in Santa Monica and a, a gym in Venice Beach. And we're just building the, the brand and and getting it out there. So it's, it's like I say, it's been a, a fun year that I've had and I'm sure it'll continue. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, Rob. No problem. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks a lot. This is Jason Summerby, star of the Renford Rejects, and you're listening to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Remember, keep it 90s. Good stuff there from Robbie Elliott. Please do listen to uh, us on Alive and Kicking for more exclusive interviews from footballers of the decade. There's loads in our back catalogue, or the archive, as people say. Um, but we're continuing with our look back at sponsors in the 90s. We're halfway through looking at the, the top flight, the quintessential top flight of the 90s, and we'll take a quick nod to a couple of other teams on the way out as well. We spoke about Man City before the break. Um, the next on my list, um, this is an interesting one as well because they're not a team anymore, first and foremost, um, Wimbledon. Now, there's not, I mean, them as sponsors, you didn't, there's nothing that really stood out for me. I had to kind of really. They were the only this. ones in, I think, the first season of the Premier League that didn't, didn't have, have a sponsor, were yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they didn't have one for the first few seasons. But LONX in 94 is the one that 
kind of stood out for me. I mean, John, where do you stand on Wimbledon? Yeah, same as you there, Ash, but mainly because Southend United also had the same sponsor. So that's that's the only one that sticks in with me. I'm trying to remember who they had in the lotto years later on in the, in the decade. They had tiny, Can you remember? tiny computers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with Puma as well, wasn't yeah, it? That's that it. Towards the end of the decade, which were a, a computer outlet store. I remember one of those in, uh, in Bubsy Way in Shelton. Um, but LNX also a computer electronics company as well. But yeah, Wimbledon are not one that I um, remember completely instantly. Um, no, I think they still suffered a little bit from an image problem, didn't they? And uh, possibly struggled to get sponsors on board. I don't know. Indeed, indeed. Um, mm. Chef Wednesday, we mentioned earlier in the show, and Sanderson was the one. Um, I mentioned as well that QPR had a lot of sponsors in the 1990s. Um, so we had one, two, three, four, five, six sponsors across the decade, which is more than any other the teams we're going to talk about today. Um, Joel mentioned on his list he had Guinness. Um, Matthew, when you think of QPR, do you think of Brooks and New Year's Day 1992? Well, I, for some <laughs> reason, another one for the earth makes you think of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. That's the one. That's the only one I actually could name, and that's probably because you bring it up every time we do one of these shows. So. It's true. It's true. It's ingrained in my mind, and, and the fact it cost United the league in ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, we were well. They made our kit that year as well. They were our kit supplier and our kit sponsor. I mean. Mark, um, John, you're a big fan of the QPR kits, as I know. Yeah. Is there a sponsor that sticks out for you during that decade, though? Well, there's there's two. I love the compact one. Of course. Only because yeah. I, just because their logo is so kind of like fast moving and italics and everything else, it it suits football. But for me, the oddest one is Classic FM yeah. in the in, in the first Premier League season. Yeah. It just seems such a bizarre match, doesn't it? Yeah, I still say that as well because my wife likes a bit of Classic FM sometimes, and as soon as she switches on, she can she waits for it, and I go ninety two, ninety three. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> So, I'm going to do that now too. <laughs> yeah, and it's the season we finished fifth in the league as well, so it is a memorable sponsor. So we also had Influence at the beginning of the decade, then Brooks, Classic FM, Computer Software Finance for 93-94, Compaq, and then Ericsson, which saw us out for the rest of the decade as well. So yeah, we had quite a few sponsors. But yeah, Classic do you know what? FM, I never knew what CSF stood for. Yeah, well, you've, you've enlightened me. Yeah, I think in the for the first two games of that season, we actually wore a kit that not just had the logo, but had the whole writing that said computers um, solutions um, finance and it was so oh, okay. and it was so massive that I, they must have gone hang on this doesn't work on the kit which you see some of the sponsors these days especially lots for instance the new Sheffield United shirt they don't seem to care but in them days they kind of shrunk it down to right. to the to the logo so there you go um yeah that's what it stands for I don't know if they're still about, stuff. yeah I don't know if they're still about doing stuff but yeah um Nottingham Forest uh, we mentioned forgotten lagers Matthew Shipston's lager there's one for you Shipsons and, and Labatt's. And then Labatt's, yeah. I need to go and find a pub that sells Labatt's. Well, no, that will keep me occupied. On, uh, <laughs> after I've been to the launch of the new Dixie Dean Hotel on Friday night, I can go and uh, oh, there find, we go. find, oh, he's find named, a pub that sells Labatt's. He's name-dropping again. Who's going to this one, then? I don't know. I, well, uh, Dixie, Dixie Dean's granddaughter, I know that. But in terms of ex-Evertonians I'm sure the usual places will be there Elton Wells an Evertonian isn't he Old, your mate Elton Wells be yeah but he lives over in Heswell and he, he hasn't been over here for 20 years he told me which is incredible seeing as Heswell's only about 10 miles away but um, that's that's we're all folk for you they don't tend to cross over the water very readily so uh, no Elton I'll be surprised but um, I don't think Elton would be there but I'm pretty sure I can think of a few other Evertonians that like a, a free bar yeah, be there. Yeah. I'll name, I won't name them. Yeah, but. we can all imagine those. But um, yeah, so Forest, Shipsons and Labatt's. If I had to nail my hat, I, I would be Labatt's. What about you, John? 
Yeah, I'm the same. I, th I think every time I think of Labatt's, I think of that yellow 95, oh, 97. Beautiful. You know, the one where they, I think, wasn't it? I don't think it was in all the shirts with the kind of abstract yeah, paint splatter down one yeah, side. Love it. Didn't they? Didn't they spell Umbro wrong on one of the sh on one of one version of that? I think allegedly, yeah. Yeah, the rumor goes. It's crazy. Spelled Van Hoydonk right and Umbro wrong. It's one of those shirts that really splits opinion, isn't it? It's one of those when when you see those lists of worst shirts in the nineties, that's always there. But I think it's great. I think it's yeah, it, I love it. It, it epitomizes the nineties. I also love, of course, their Shipston's shirt from ninety two, ninety three, the Pinstripe. That's a classic shirt. And of course, what they did, they didn't they, I think Shipsons and Labatt's, weren't they kind of like home and away? So if they played away, yeah. or Labatt's, because it was more of a, a a known brand, and if they played at home, it was Shipsons, because it was, you know, preaching to the converted, as it were. Yeah, they were a brewery in Nottingham, so I don't know if they still, no, no, they're still going, I think. They are still going, so you might have to go oh, okay. to Nottingham to find them, Matthew, because I don't yeah, know if they're doing uh, them locally. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. I'm already thinking, yeah, like, this has got legs, this, uh, this pub crawl. <laughs> <This one. laughs> um, Forrest also had Pinnacle towards the end of the decade in 97. Unlike you by the end of it, Matthew. Right, let's go through a few more. I'm sure people are getting slightly wary of, uh, of, of us going through all these, but West Ham United had a few sponsors in the 1990s. Joel, you remember Dr. Martins very fondly, didn't you? The Dr. Martins boots, yeah. Mm. I, I think it's kind of... <laughs> quintessentially West Ham isn't it we'll have to ask Sid about that what he thinks is, yeah. is the classic one but yeah I mean they had some funny ones they had Dagenham Mortars did Dagenham they Mothers, yes. which is again very quintessentially West Ham yeah uh, definitely yeah I mean I, did they have VG for some time in the 1980s I seem to uh, recall that well, I would say Avco would be their uh, 80s yeah. I know we're, I'm going to get a yellow card for bringing yeah, it down to back card, to the yeah. 80s but but Avco was Back one of, of the first. And... Yeah, Mark Ward and Cotty and, yeah. VG were Dundee United, I think. Yeah. I don't know where I'd pulled that yeah. from. Thank you, John, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the uh, Dundee United team that got to the final of the That's, yeah. UEFA Cup against Gothenburg. Oh, all right, all right. Keep, it, keep it 90. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also had uh, back windows as well, West Ham, in the early 90s as well, which is another random sponsor. I love these little companies. It makes me laugh. Like, you just get all these big internet companies in these days, but back then, like, a local window company was sponsoring a top-flight team. It's just classic 90s. Um, Everton is an easy one because... Although they only had it for half the decade, which is probably because they had it half in the 80s as well. But NEC is synonymous with Everton, of course. Um, they also had Danka in 95 and then One to One from 97. Um, but I think One they... of my favourite kit stories of all time, again, this is 80s, but the fact that Everton was sponsored by Hafnia. Oh, right, and right. Hafnia was a Scandinavian ham that wasn't even available in this country. Oh, there you go. There's a good fact for you. So it's just bizarre, isn't it? Like, mm. <laughs> I assume I assume that was because a lot of English games were broadcast in Scandinavia. Yeah, got to be, got to be. Yeah, you know, because I mean, famously, a lot of English top-flight football wasn't shown here in the in the mid eighties, but it would have been uh, shown. I think they did a lot of deals with Scandinavian countries, hence why they're such a big following. You know, with Scandinavian fans and English clubs. So I assume they just saw an opportunity there to advertise their products. To, several million people in Scandinavia rather than Merseyside, I suppose. No, Makes absolutely. sense. Yeah. And for those who are wondering, Danker is a copier company, because I had to Google that because I didn't know what it was. Um, oh, excuse me. Norwich City, um, I think this is easy because it, it's that middle part of the of the decade where they were 
in Europe and beating Bayern Munich and had that beautiful bird poo kit, as we like to call it. And the sponsor was Norwich and Peterborough Building Society, if I remember rightly, wasn't it, John? The most part-rich thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there was a... They did a funny thing with the logo. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, so it's probably the worst anecdote ever. But I think they switched the the sizing of the logo. And again, it was to do with um, sort of talking to the local people. And then on on a wider level, so when they played in Europe, I think they altered the logo for it. Only tiny, but it's it's one of those nerdy sponsorship facts that are stuck in my head. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll remember it from their night in Munich. And you're right, Joel, very partridge, isn't it, having in that as their sponsor. A little Norwich City, as they were at the time called, but they went to Bayern Munich and, and beat the big guns of Germany. And then that. And they also had ASICs at the beginning of the decade, which makes me think of Dow Gordon instantly, which has popped in my mind. Um, and then Coleman's, when they were more in the, the second tier of uh, football going towards the end of the decade. Um, Crystal Palace is an interesting one, actually, because I immediately think of Virgin, but they only had that for a season in the 1990s. And then from... But that must have been because of the FA Cup final yeah, and the fact that they played yeah. it. Because yeah. that really stuck with me, because then they had Tulip and then they had TDK for the rest of the decade. Yeah, TDK, very strong sponsor logo as well. Yeah. And some brilliant Palace kits at that time, too. Who were TDK? Does anyone know? We make cassette tapes and video oh, tapes. Yeah, yeah. Now I know. Now you say it, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. I'm oh, looking at that now. Oh, cassette tapes, brilliant. Um, God, Ash, you're making me feel really old now. The fact that you didn't know who TDK, what they now made. I say it, yeah. Now I say <laughs> it, I can I can see the logo, but I, on a shirt, I couldn't instantly remember what it was. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember it. Don't worry, I'm down with the tapes. I remember video tapes. <laughs> I've still got a whole load of them that I need to, to copy to DVD my QPR season reviews, but. When there's time, when there's time. Um, Coventry City were pretty much car-led through the 1990s with Peugeot and uh, Subaru. How was it? Subaru? Subaru? How do you pronounce that stupid car? Subaru. Subaru, Subaru, yeah. So they had that. Um, We're going to finish with our top flight in the 90s. um, And then we'll just give a little nod to a few other teams that we we mentioned here and there. Um, With Southampton. And John, you mentioned Sanderson earlier. Yeah. It's not really the sponsor I immediately thought of. Is it the one for you? That's the one that leaks because oh, I remember the, the yeah. Pony era. I can't yeah, imagine the Pony era. I've got to think. I can't think of the top of my head who else they had now. It's not one that jumps out for me, but I might be mixing this up with eighties. Draper Tools, yeah, Draper Tools, yeah. I think that's early nineties. Of course, 90s, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think of that game um, on the match again, Matthew. I think that program that I've got in in, in my loft that I think they've got the Draper Tools sponsor on that yeah. one. But yeah, Sanderson and those plans. Because the pony kit where they literally had the big pony logo on it as well, which was, yeah, it was kind of like that this season with their horrible yoke on the top of the stripes as well. So, yeah, and they, saw, so they had Draper Tools, Dimplex for a season, Sanderson, and then Friends Provident, which obviously it was the Friends Provident Stadium going forward, wasn't it, before it became St Mary's as well. It's funny though with Draper, I had a chat once with a guy at the boss of Draper Tools and he'd been a lifelong Southampton fan. He said it was the biggest buzz he ever had was to have his company on his team shirt. And that's something that I don't think we'll ever see again in sponsorship. No, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, local, it really local. is, yeah, yeah. I think Were they based in Southampton? I assume they were based in Southampton, were they? Was that the tie-up? That's, the tie-up? that's right, they were, they were okay. down that neck of the woods and um, he just said, you know, I followed this team all my life to have my company there. Oh, can you imagine? What a fantastic feeling! They're still yeah. going as well, and they're and they're, oh, they're, oh, they're, okay. they're based in Chambers Ford in Hampshire. So yeah, Chambers okay. Ford. That's it. Yeah, yeah mm. very much down that neck of the woods. 
Um, a few other teams that were who didn't make up the top twenty of teams, top flight teams in the nineties. But I've got Sheffield United and Laver, of course, in the early nineties. Uh, Leicester City synonymous with Walkers. Um, Sunderland mm. had was it Vox, whatever that was. Yeah, oh, it was a bloody brewery man. How oh, was it? So there's, there's something <laughs> closed I didn't... down after a hundred. So that's another one. But you won't get that because the brewery's been closed about uh, God about probably since about 1998, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Vox was local, the big bre- local brewery. brewery in the northeast. Yeah, um, yeah, eighty, was eighty bob by Vox. Can't remember. But then they had, I think they had Beamish beer as well, which lots of people would have probably thought was Beamish the museum, but it wasn't. It was Beamish booze. I think they had they had Vox Samson. Was that job? Was that a, was that a beer? Samson was, was that... a brand of beer that they did. Brand yeah, like a bit like a bitter, like a proper man's blood. Ah, okay. And yeah, then Lamp- L- Lamptons was the beer. I think they had after that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Vox was the Vox was like one of the massive uh, employers in Sunderland for a long, long, long time. Certainly in Durham and Sunderland and everywhere else. So yeah, it was drank very widely, drank across the northeast. We're all boozers, you know, in the northeast. There's a lot of, of booze sponsorship in the nineties. Well, let's be honest. Um, Oldham didn't have them though. They had Bovis and JD Sports. We'll remember from Oldham in their sort of top flight days. Derby, Auto Windscreens, and Puma. Then they ended the decade in EDS. Um, Luton, we mentioned at the top of the show, Vauxhall, and then Universal, and then SKF. These are companies I don't know. Obviously Vauxhall, but I don't know what SKF did. Um, and then Ipswich Town, we'll remember for Fizzens and Green King. And I'm going to finish on Millwall, actually, because I think of all the 90s, they probably have I the, love most, this. I love the most this. fun different sponsors. Oh, yes. So yeah. it started with Fairview um, in the early 90s. Then we had Captain Morgan, which I think is the one that everyone kind of remembers and is synonymous with Millwall. I'm sure my brother-in-law would agree. But then we had the South London Press... And then live TV in 1997, which was... Joe, how do you Didn't explain it say live the TV? the weather in yes. Norwegian at one point? Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you never worked for live TV, Joe, or did you? <laughs> I think it was a bit before my time. I, was, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I would, I, have happily, I would have happily gone and done so had I been asked, but uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the opportunity never arose. But no, I would have loved that. I mean, I always tell the story about the guy who... You know they had news buddy on there. I've told this story I before. It might be have, apocryphal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the guy who played News Bunny actually changed his name by deed, Paul, to News Bunny and then got arrested one day. And once you get arrested, you can't legally change your name. So he was stuck with the name News Bunny for the rest of his days. <laughs> that might be true. It might not be. But, it, you know, if it, I like it anyway. For those listening who have never heard of live TV, it was... Um, how do you explain it, Joe? You're a TV man. It was absolutely... Um, it was set up by the Daily Mirror originally. It was... A filth cheap television channel <laughs> run by Nick Ferrari of LBC fame and Janet Turner. Uh, it was on cable. Cable, right, yeah. So it was cable free to air, yeah. Janet Street Porter originally set it up, I think, and then Nick Ferrari ran it, or he was quite high up in there. And it was just a load of nonsense. So they just tried to see what they could get away with. So they had the weather in Norwegian, they had topless darts, topless of course, darts, that's the stuff yeah. that it's made. Uh, yeah. It was just filled up with wacky rubbish yeah, all day long. And, it was... and the news bunny, obviously, and people jumping on trampolines while they were doing the news. And yeah, it was, uh, there was Tiffany's City Tips where a lady would come on and tell, give you like the stock exchange results while taking her clothes off. It was it's... just. It was uh, very frankly, popular in my school. It's <laughs> still more creative than anything you see in the middle of the night now, though, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, no, it's not all day, though. It's a 24-hour right. day thing. Yeah but, yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, you put television on, it's a t- totally different conversation, but if you put television on in the middle of the night now, it's just purely bingo. Uh, videos, or, um, bingo, yeah. Well, yeah, and bingo and, and roulette, whereas, you know, I mean, like, I think we've spoken about it before, but you, 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 the, 
80s and 90s regional TV, you had all kinds of different shows, didn't you, that you could, that were quite famous in certain parts of the country. So, uh, you know, absolutely nothing to do with kit sponsors. But I've uh, got a good, yeah. good obscure one from, I think it's from about 90 or 91. Um, Clyde Bank oh, in Scotland. Oh, their sponsors, yeah. do you know this, John? Do you know what I do. Called? I'm going to hold my tongue. Yep. Their sponsors were uh, the pop band Wet Wet Wet. Oh, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I think it was like when they'd had. I don't know why they'd done it. I know they are from Clyde Bank themselves. Um, but I don't know why that came about that suddenly Wet 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 would be sponsoring the football team. You know, maybe they had a lot of money to spend after being at number one for 15 weeks in 1994 or something. Well, it was about that time, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was the winner kits, if I remember. Was that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they were all quite leery, and they didn't match at all, but they they looked great at the same time, you know. I remember. I can I can see the picture. I can see um, Marty Pello in his ponytail holding the the shirt up. Actually, and we'll have yeah. to, we'll to stick that on Twitter. Um, well, that the, the only one. It's the nineteen ninety three kit. Mm, so what was Lovers all around? That was that ninety four because it was four. That was ninety four. Yes, yeah. so they've already had a couple of number ones. Yeah, but yeah, it's a match winners kit. There's a purple kit. There is a white kit, and that <laughs> is. Uh, I can't see the colour of the other one, like a grey, silvery grey one, but yeah, sponsored by Wet Wet Wet. Brilliant. Well, Mill's only last sponsor of the 90s was Giorgio, which made me laugh because it just made me think of just fake Giorgio Armani stuff. From the, <laughs> it's very Millwall from like a market store in the middle of Woolwich or something like that. Um, well, that kind of rounds up. Um, I don't know if there's any sponsors you wanted to mention, John, from the 90s of, of clubs that no. I haven't mentioned. Do you know what? I think we've got them all. There's some brilliant, there's some ones that I'd completely forgotten about. It's great to hear them. Um, no, I think that's pretty good. I think it's a comprehensive run through. What, what, one quick one I didn't realise that Bradford City, who I saw that were on Tim's list, um, obviously in the top flight in the late 90s, but in the early 90s, they were sponsored by Freeman's Catalogue. And I hadn't thought of Freeman's Catalogue since I was a very since small Well, man. I don't want to know what you used to do <laughs> if you were looking at the Freeman's well, Catalogue. Thank there's, you a, there's a certain section that was, you know, free to air, to be honest. Let's be honest. Live TV and Freeman's Catalogue, I was well away as a 17 year old yeah, it's a good few years before live tv came yeah on. definitely there used to be a program on live tv called threesome that in my school was um, very popular that's but i won't say anymore um right before we go we're going to bring back a feature which i think we only did for a little while um but we're going to bring it back and make a comprehensive list of the premier league players that time forgot cue jingle Right. Um, who wants to go? Have we all got one of these? Because I did uh, request it. Yeah, I, I luckily just remembered in time. And, oh, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to worry that I might have already mentioned him because I did appear on this as a guest before I kind of got yeah, I, I, I was bullied into when, hosting the show. When we were doing it, and I don't think I think we did a few of them before it kind of just got yeah. lost in the uh, this week in the nineties when we were doing that. So, um, okay. Well, that, Matthew, let's go with you first. Since you piped up, go on. Who you well, who you induct into the? Is uh, one of the. Only, or I'm going to say that only Cypriot to play in the uh, Premier League, or the, fir- the first, certainly, uh, a player who went by the name of Nicky Papavassilou. Oh, of course, yeah. Newcastle United. Yeah. And um, his name, I don't know why, but obviously I was trying to think of players that I'd forgotten about, which is a bit of a contradiction in terms. But um, yeah, he came up and I looked him up thinking he'd probably prove me wrong and prove to be a real big hit. But he actually played seven games for Newcastle and scored no goals and then left the club and went back to Cyprus. So uh, I'm not sure he was the only Cypriot ever to play in the English top flight, but um, he was probably one of the briefest. I know that. I've just pulled up his um, his Merlin stick and I always remember that because I had no idea who he was. I don't remember him playing, but I remember getting him as a double about six or seven times and seeing his stupid face. But yeah, Nicky... I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but yeah, good one, Matthew. Um, 
Joe, have you got one, sir? Well, I was, you know, I, I, I sort of juggled a few about, but I wanted to give a little shout out to somebody I haven't mentioned here for a while, and that's Jaime Moreno, oh. who was the first Bolivian to play <laughs> in the uh, Premier League. If we're, we're going to go Cypriot, I'm going to raise you, and I'll raise you up to Bolivian. Yeah, um, 25 appearances for the Borough, two goals. He was hailed as some sort of wonderkind. He doesn't, it didn't actually come off for him he came back actually for a little loan spell later on but he's really well known in america for being the first player to reach 100 goals and 100 assists in um the mls ah, so I I give jaime moreno and i think he turned up on one of the corinthian collector things the other day that i was tagged in and yeah. i just went well it's jaime moreno i didn't even have to think about it people were guessing i went no it's moreno he must be one That's of the most it. random corinthian figures because he's obviously someone like you don't really remember but yet he got made into a figure and for I the team he's probably one of them that's like somebody knew somebody who was a Borough fan and they went, who do you think's going to do something? And they went, Moreno. And they went, all right, we'll make one of him. And then they made one. And of course, he didn't do a bloody thing. Bless him. Uh, I'll go next and then we'll finish on John being our guest. Um, I've got somebody who is the first teenager to score in a Champions League semi-final. Um, it was for Ajax at the time. He was Watford's record signing in 1999. 950k from Real Zaragoza, Norden Vuta. Yeah. What? Who? Exactly, yeah. Premier League player at the time I forgot. Norden Wooter. Look him up, kids. He was Watford's record signing. Played for the club uh, for three seasons, but only scored three goals in 63 games and was a complete <sighs> waste of money. And he's now manager of FC Lindeven in Holland. What? What position was he? He was a striker. He looked like Predator. Yeah, and he scored three goals in 60-odd games. games. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, like, um, he had hair like um, the film, the, you know, the Predator films. He, had, he looked like him. That's who I remember. Norden. I've got a sticker of him as well, a Premier League sticker of him. Yeah, Norden Wooter. What do fans will know exactly who I'm going on about? Um, John, finish us off. Who have you got? Your Premier League player that time forgot. Well, I, I, do they all have to be foreign players? I noticed they're no, all they're all foreign. No? no rules. No. I've got I've got the one that the two names that spring to mind. John Jensen from Arsenal. Ooh. Is he obscure enough? He's, well, no, because he's going to get to QPR. <laughs> yeah, but we beat them. Oh. But, but we won three one, so it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. <laughs> How do you know this stuff? I think it's just his moustache that used to get me. I just yeah. think he, it was so out of date at the time, and his little curly perm. But um, very scouting, yeah, actually, yeah, definitely. And I always associate him. I don't know when his last game was, but I think he I forget what happened with him at the club. But I always think of that um, that first Nike kit they produced, and they kind of like Bruce Rioch era, and then Arsene Wenger. He always kind of crops up in my head in that at that time. Mm. He was Denmark caretaker manager in 2018. I didn't know that. I knew, oh, he, really? I knew, I knew he was at Blackburn a few years ago as an assistant, but yeah, I mean, apparently he was put in charge of the Danish team. Oh, so yeah, John Jensen, classic, yeah. He scored one, his famous story is that he scored one goal and it was against QPR. And I've told this story a million times. We beat them 3 <laughs> 1, but Arsenal fans were coming out going, We saw Jensen score. And we were like, oh. That's right. Now oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I remember that. Um, you said you had another name for us as well? Did I? Uh, the only other player that always pops into my head is Warren Barton. Oh, I know he's not that obscure. Yeah, but yeah. Only because he had the blondest eyebrows I'd ever seen. <laughs> I, I saw him at a, a Match of the Day exhibition at the NEC in about 95. I remember them. I went to those. They were great. Well, they, they were great, but you had to pay a lot of money. Yeah. And it was effectively a big shop, wasn't it, really? Yeah. So it was a bit of an odd... And he was the only celebrity player who was there. So, of course, I just didn't stare at him for ages. And that's... that's, <laughs> that's I mean, I obviously, Warren Barton had links with the BBC before, as I accidentally found out the other week, and we posted it, didn't we, Ash? Yeah. Um, it, 
I was watching the final ever edition of Swap Shop on YouTube after right. And who should phone in wanting to do a swap but the former Wimbledon, Tottenham Hotspur and Newcastle fullback Warren Barton no. at the age of eight years old tried to do it. But yeah, we should clip out again, yeah. What did he what did he try and swap? Was it a Scalex trick or something? That's what's in my head. Yeah, possibly. That's what it was. Me, yeah. But yeah, he was phoning in to swap something. Yeah, and he got on there. And I, I tweeted him and said, is this you? And he went, oh, yeah, it's me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. He's now That's pundit first. Is he an ESPN pundit? Now? Uh, I think he's in America, isn't he? Yeah. Alongside Robbie Musto and Musto Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl yeah. who not known, known <laughs> in America as the two Robbies, which Brilliant. really makes me laugh. <laughs> if, if <laughs> a joke that totally goes over the head of everybody in America. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and they don't realise how average footballers they were as well. It's, you know, you speak unkind of Robbie, Robbie Musto, of course. <laughs> yes, and, yeah, I saw a goal of his the other day. It was was it Robbie Musto? I think it was. It was a goal that Janino set up, like amazingly set up on the side. I can't remember who it was against. I was watching Premier League goals ninety six, ninety seven, one morning. Um, well. Cora was so the season we went down is that what yeah, you yeah but it, there was this I can't remember who it was against but the build up from Janinio was magic he did these few you know, tricks and tricks and then he just popped it in the box and he tapped it in and I was like oh Robbie Mustard an hour and ten minutes in and we mentioned Janinio <laughs> right <laughs> at the death it was going to happen it was definitely <laughs> it was gonna gonna I thought we were going to have a collector's item there where Janinio he wasn't yeah, mentioned well yeah. Well, I it wasn't me that mentioned him. I could not mention the USA '94 kit, but you know John's on, so I have to mention it at least. So definitely, you've got, you've got to give him a mention. That cropped up in one of these stupid worst kit ever articles the other week. Did you see that? I forget who it was now. Um, yeah, they... who was it? Because I I made sure that they knew that they were. Wrong. Oh, I'm, I just think it's ridiculous, UK, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, they did. They talked about it on the um, the football retro podcast. That the guys are going to be jumping for goalposts a couple of weeks. Oh, ago. did they? Yeah. And I oh, it. so they, you're going to have it out with them, are you? No, no, they liked it. No, they were on board. Oh, with it. Right. They, so they I thought it was them that were slagging it off. They weren't slagging it off. How no one would dare, dare. I've now got a cushion and my actual phone. My new phone case is that kit. I'm literally looking at it now. So, anyway, time is is getting on. So that's end it there. Um, I think there's a good look back at kits, everyone. So thank you very much. Um, just a few plugs to do for everyone. John, as you're our guest, plug away your Twitter feed or anything else you want to plug, go for it. Yeah, uh, Twitter feed, True Colours Kits. New website, truecolorsfootballkits.com. I've got a series at the moment. I'm 50 this year, and I'm going back and looking at all the top flight kits from 69 to this season. So working on that at the moment as well. And as you say, we've got the Jumpers for Goalposts coming up. And there's also something really big happening in um, the autumn as well, which I can't talk about, but it's going to be great. You teased, John. Ooh. You teased. <laughs> um, and also the usual lot. Uh, Joe, where can people find you on the social? Uh, Joel Baby tweets on Twitter, which I've just followed John. as he's sponsored. He's followed by Middlesbrough FC. That's good. Um, and Joel Baby Herc on, um, on Instagram. There's been lots of sort of interesting pictures on on there lately, including these stickers and the pictures that Scott Tweed took of me. Yeah, I know. I'm nice gonna, I'm try- yeah, I did. I'm going to try and he's, we're trying to hook up and do something for him as well. So yeah, shout out to Scott Tweed, friend of the show. Um, Matthew, your uniformed social network feeds are. Yeah, yeah it's at Matthew J. Chris, where you can read retro articles such as my one I did on Club Call the other day. I did, I yes, I meant to that. that one. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, you can also follow my. Pop crawl of Liverpool, where I'll be drinking a, a shirt sponsor from the nineties. This is a thing. Uh, We're going to make this. And a um, yeah, oh, I'll definitely be posting that on the social media. So make sure you uh, retweet. Follow along. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame no kebab shops also sponsored any clubs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That would have rounded the evening off nicely. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, don't put the idea in my head. That was a fine one. Harry's kebabs. He would have spotted yeah, child with a flag with Harry's kebabs written across there. That would have been brilliant. Um, follow myself at Ashraji UK on Twitter and uh, Instagram. But most importantly, follow the show at AK90s on Twitter, at AK90s Pod on Instagram. We'll be back soon with a new show on a new theme. But until then, I've been Ash Rose. These have been the boys, and this has been Alive and Kicking. Keep it 90s. Alive and